Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. The scripture is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and 5.23 essentially says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept complete and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. This is Paul talking to us, encouraging us about the coming of Jesus, and he says, at the end of that scripture, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept complete, and this would be completely whole, and this would be balanced, and so then you are three parts whole, so you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. This is the context, so if you've missed weeks prior, please go back, because this is, you've missed two phenomenal foundational weeks of where we're going, and where we're going is, for the next several weeks, we're talking about stepping into 2023 healthy, and so we want you not to live off of... Um, caffeine or adrenaline in 2023. We want you to come in 20, 2023 healthy, okay? And so that's what we're doing. And, and, and I, again, I told you before, but I've not done that in the past. I think we all get to 2023. We get to January 1st. We think, all right, let's go, but we're not fresh. We're exhausted and we're tired. And so we're taking the next several weeks, several Sundays to, to get to that place. And so then you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. The, the spirit in the Bible is also referred to as your heart. And your soul is also referred to as your mind. And your body is your flesh or your frame. Or There's so many different things. Matthew 22, 37 through 9 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength here. And so Paul is encouraging you to be completely healthy and completely whole. And so as we go, and we're talking about beating what's behind us, you overcome that. There's two biblical truths that you need to know to overcoming your past, to beating what is behind you. And to overcoming that, you must, if you're going to break the power of what holds you, if you're going to break the power of the past, the first thing is where you come from tends to lead to where you're going. Where you come from tends to lead to where you're going. And so then you have to be willing to look back and go, okay, what, what am I bringing with me? What, is, what continues to be a burden in my life? What, is, what has a hold of me? What, is, what am I carrying, right? And so that means breaking generational curses, things that, things that happen before you, okay? And the Bible says that, that those curses, those things that we bring with us, go back three or four generations, okay? And so then the problem is we get here and we're alone. We're without the other generations that came before us. And so we feel like that we have to carry this or hold it and, and that nobody else is going through the same thing. We are, no way. And so we do it alone. And the Bible says that without God, apart from God, you can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. So then we should bring our past to, to God and actually work through that with him as opposed to running from him, okay? The second thing is this, this is a longer point, but the other truth is real relationship with God requires you to eliminate the sinful patterns in your family's history to relearn and to relearn or reorient yourself to live according to God's principles and his will for your life as opposed to your way. So then being completely healthy, if we're going to live balanced and, and, and be completely healthy, mind, soul, spirit, body, we must break the power of the past. And so then that's really about facing your reality or facing your past as opposed to running from it, which means I could preach this entire sermon like this, looking back at what is behind me. If we're going to overcome and beat what's back there, 
then I have to turn and face as opposed to run from it or bury it or pretend that it never happened, right? And so then the action is to turn and face it. And Jesus' blood is what allows you to do this. Jesus' blood causes you to overcome. So then you shouldn't live in denial about your past or your current health. So you can say, well, Dusty, I'm I'm disconnected here and and I'm I'm overwhelmed here and and I love cookies at at 2 a.m., okay? That's all well. God wants you here and he wants you whole. And so then you don't have to present an illusion to others, right? And make them or or try to get them to believe something that you're not. That's called a front or wearing a mask and and we don't do that, right? And so beating what's behind you really begins with embracing, embracing God's choice to make you. God created you. We learned all that last week. And he really made the choice to save you too, to restore you so you could be back in relationship with him. And so the reason I can stand here and share with you what I'm about to share with you is because I believe that. I believe that God's opinion of me matters more than anybody else's. And so then um, I'm going to give you some really some, some stuff from my past that I had to go through today. And I have to do that with you because one, it's real, but two, God helped me. God helped me. Jesus saved me. He restored me. And so that's good. And so we've learned over the past few weeks that God's choice to make you comes with promises and it comes with blessings and it comes with opportunities and it also comes with responsibilities, okay? It comes with responsibilities and, and some of that stuff we really don't like. But it's also handed you a little bit of baggage, okay? And that, that life that you have comes with just a little bit of stuff. And so what we do is we just put this bag on and baggage meaning physical or, or emotional hurt, or anger, or addiction, or mental health issues, doubt, fear, etc. Whatever it is, you just kind of, you, you put it on. And some of us have a little in our bag, and some of our bags are over, they're overflowing. I could have put one of Lainey's big stuffed animals in here to make this thing overflow. I didn't do that. Some of us have more to carry, and some of us have less to carry. And the reality is, is none of us have to carry any of it. We don't. And the reality is that some of us have become so accustomed to living with this backpack on that we can't imagine life without it. Just can't imagine going through life without this thing on. And so the foundational scripture for today's message is found in Hebrews chapter 12, okay? And that's verses one through three. I'm gonna hit all three of them, then we'll reference them throughout the message. It starts with this. It says this, strip off every unnecessary weight and all the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles you. Just put that backpack on. Take that off. Take the back off and run with endurance and persistence, the race that is set before you, the race that God created you to run. Look away from all that will distract you and focus your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith. He's the one who brings maturity to your faith. He, uh, who for the joy of fulfilling God's plan and goal set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, the shame that's in this pack. He took that. That's what it says. Disregarded the shame and set down at the right hand of God, revealing his authority and the completion of his work. When he died and he took all your sin, he said, it's finished. And then verse three is so good. It says this, it says, just consider and think about Jesus who endured such bitter hostility against himself. Consider all that in comparison with your trials and what you carry around in this bag, okay? So that you will not grow weary or lose heart. So that you will not grow weary or lose heart. And if we actually do this, we find ourselves in a real relationship with God, which is true spirituality. And true spirituality means a real connection with God, frees you to live happy in the present and hopeful. Everybody say hopeful. Hopeful for your future. 
this, when you get to this place with, real, with a real relationship and there's real spiritual connection, because this is where we talk to God, when there's real spiritual connection, this is where you allow the truth of God's word to change your life. This is where you say, oh, the Bible is the real thing. This is it. And this is what I'm going to build my life on, not what my Instagram feed says, right? And so to live in truth, you have to break free from the destructive, sinful pattern of your past. There's something that keeps playing on repeat, right? And so to break the pattern, you have to beat it. Break the pattern to beat it so that you can leave it. You have to break it first. It's not just, I'm done. I'm going to break it, which allows me to beat it. Then I can actually leave it. Does that make sense? So then you can learn new behaviors, and you can create healthy habits, and you can focus on why God put you here, to run the race with perseverance and endurance. John 8.32 says, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. When I base my life built and I build my life on God's word, I can walk in freedom, knowing that, hey, God's, God's really telling me the truth. This is amazing. And I can go. And I can go. Does that make sense? And so today, I want to let you know that when it comes to your past, God wants you to leave something behind, and he wants it to be different than what you walked into. Right? What you leave behind must be different than what you walked into, what you inherited. So then you have to break the chain, eliminate the pattern, or kill the power of the past on you. Really practical message today. So what do I mean? What I mean is this. What I inherited is something very different than what Heather inherited. What she inherited was a God-filled life. She grew up in a Christian home, and she, she followed God, started following God from a very early age. I grew up in a very broken home, in a very loud house, and I caught the bus at age 13 just because I knew I should. One, I didn't want to be in the environment I was, but also I knew there was something about God. And so I caught the bus. I knew I should. She knew God. She knew what it meant to live a life that honored God. I knew that I was supposed to keep God happy. That's what I knew, right? And when I met her, I knew that she knew God, and I knew she was good looking. <laughs> and that was good. But seriously, there was a time, there was a time where I realized what I inherited and what I was taught was do not make God mad. And that was rooted, and it stemmed from do not make dad mad. And, and in him, that was rooted in don't make his dad, my grandpa, mad, which was rooted in don't make my great-grandpa mad, which was his father. Does that make sense? And so then the way I saw my dad was the same way that I saw God, and I was actually working at a church at this time. And so that created very unhealthy values for me, and being raised in a house of extreme discipline with very little love led me to work for the approval of others, my dad being number one which led me to think, well, God must want this too. This is really what God wants for me too. I created that. I created that. Nobody said that. That was just what I brought with me from my past. And so I strive for perfection and I crossed every T and I dotted every I and I married that mentality of working for approval and perfection with a job in ministry, which if you're in ministry, you strive for excellence. It's why we have this place as it is this is a great place to come and receive, amen? It's like, it's like that because this is what God deserves. If we're going to come and sit before him, we're going to come sit with him, let's sit in a, in a nice place. Let's honor him with what we have, right? And so then marrying perfection with excellence was super exciting to unhealthy, eager, dusty, okay? I was like, sweet, more of that. Yes, please, right? 
And so then, I didn't know at the time that it was robbing me of my future marriage. I didn't know that it was robbing me of my first two years with Oscar. I didn't understand that at the time. Marrying my dad's expectation with the expectation of the church and the expectation of what I gave God for me really created more work than I could possibly do. It created more work than I could possibly do. So I increased my capacity and I ran really hard and I did a whole lot and I slept three hours a night and it was amazing, but it was exhausting. It was exhausting. And I did and I did and I did, mostly to do because I created the expectation that I was trying to reach, which is when I learned that your expectations are and lead to your greatest frustrations, that blew my mind. Yeah, I'm super frustrated. Why? Because of me. Because of me, because I keep doing this. And so the root of all that working and doing and, and striving was just trying to keep people happy, make people happy, gain some acceptance, accomplish a few things, check a few boxes, right? And although I was accomplishing a lot and gaining approval from everyone, I was miserable. And when we got married, I was miserable. And that led to us being miserable, right? Which led me to neglecting our first son for, for a few minutes, okay? And what I didn't realize is God gives us men wives as a gift. The Bible says that so many times. And he also said that children are an inheritance. But when you're a workaholic, you don't see the gift or the inheritance. You see the burden of, I have to provide for these people right? And that's where I was blinded. And so then I had to break what I inherited, which is different from you, okay? So I'm just giving you my example. My example, I had to eliminate the pattern. I had to kill the power of the past on me. And so I had to get my priorities in order. I had to get healthy and I had to lead. I had to lead my life instead of let my past dictate to me. Any college football fans in here? There's a Bo, there's Bo Nix is the quarterback of the Oregon Ducks. I'm sidetracking for you just a second. Bo Nix was the quarterback at Auburn University last year, okay? Bo Nix's dad went to Auburn, and Bo Nix grew up wearing Auburn uniforms his whole life and going to Auburn games and loving Auburn and only ever wanting to play quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. That's all he ever wanted to do. And then when he got there, the pressure of what his dad did there overwhelmed him, and it put so much pressure on him that he left. And a quote that he just said last week, said this, I just wanted to be Bo. I just want to play football and be Bo. And so he went all the way to the East Coast from the Bible Belt of America to be himself because he couldn't live under what the past was or what the past had brought to him. Does that make sense? And so in this case, for me, I realized that my life was out of whack. It's Acts 20, 28, and, and take heed to yourself and then to the flock. I realized I was doing so much for everybody else I didn't know my wife, I didn't know my baby, and I didn't know myself, right? There's a quote that's given, that was given by a rabbi on his deathbed. Just before he died, he said this. I think it's so powerful. He said, when I was young, I set out to change the world. And when I grew a little old, I, I, older, I perceived this was too ambitious. And so I set out to change my state. And this too, I realized as I got older, was much too ambitious. So I set out to change my town. And when I realized that I couldn't even do this, I tried to change my family years and years later. Now, as an old man, I know that I should have started with changing myself. If I had started with myself, maybe I would have succeeded in changing my family. Maybe. And the town, or even the state. Who knows? Maybe the world. But on your deathbed, you don't want to be at the place of going, huh, Maybe I just should have got healthy. Maybe I just should have been healthy. 
right? I tell you all this stuff because it's real. And, and I could have created excuses, which I did for a long time. I did. I could have created reasons why. And I could have blamed external events like we all do. Well, I would, but I've got this thing. So after I do that thing, I'll, 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 I'll do that. I'll go see, I'll dig in, I'll read, I'll, I'll do, right? And, and you can blame all the external events you want. And you can say that there's all these other things happening. But I came to the place where I had to get real and I had to turn around and face what was behind me. And I had to face reality. And I had to face the truth or face the past and seek the truth instead of seeking approval and what everything was, go- what everything was saying around me. And so in seeking help and guidance and counsel, and ultimately God, I found that the root of my problem of perfectionism and approval was rooted in my own family. It's not something I created, it's something that I brought with me that was given to me that I inherited. And the common pattern I found which I had to break was this. It was very strict, extreme, fear-based discipline. And with that came physical, verbal, and emotional abuse. This is mine. This is my story. Okay, this is where I come from. I had to break that. And that happened in my dad and in my grandpa and from my great-grandpa. And who knows how long it went before then because nobody can remember, right? And that was when America was just becoming a country, so. And I say this. Abuse is this. When I say physical abuse and verbal and mental, abuse is defined as a pattern of behavior used by one person to gain and maintain power or control over another. And this week, if I had an action step before the action steps, I would say, I want you to take some time to identify the pattern from your past. How does that play out in your life today? What do you see in the people that were before you? And are you doing the same thing? It's the old ham analogy. I'm not going to tell you for time's sake, but the reality is this. The patterns from our past tend to be played out in our present a lot more than we give them credit for. A lot of the times, you guys forgot that I had this on. You did. A lot of the times they happen without you even being aware of it. You're not even aware. You just wake up, put the backpack on, and go to work because that's what we do, right? Cinch it down and let's go. And today you may feel alone in whatever it is that you, right now your mind's stirring and you're thinking about. You might feel alone that, but just realize there's a group of people who dealt with the same thing, and there are people in this room who deal with the same thing, and you're not alone in what you're carrying. And, and if you just look at your, your family's past before you look at everybody else around you or blame yourself, you're going to find a root. And so unfortunately, you can't erase the past. That kind of stinks, right? Only God does that. God says he takes what you did and he, and he throws it as far as the east is from the west. There's a sea of forgetfulness that he calls it. God does that, but your mind won't let you. Your mind won't let you. And you can't delete your family's past and you really can't bury it. And the truth is if you bury it, right, if you bury it, no matter how much you cover it up or how deep it gets, it's still there. You still feel it here. You still feel it here, right? And, and it's heavy on your soul. And it disconnects you from your spirit. And so one of the ways that you can beat what is behind you is to jump into a support group. Several people in here in support groups. But here's the thing about a support group. You don't need to be in a support group because it enables you. A support group is not about enabling you. A support group is about accountability. It's accountability, Right? It keeps you accountable. So then I'm not talking about a group of 15. I'm talking about a group of two or three who love you and care about you and want the best for you and believe in you and believe like you, right? That's it. But here's the thing. Before you get to the group, the first thing that you need to do is you need to bring it to God. You need to bring it to God. What is it that keeps you from being you? 
What is it that's behind you that keeps you from moving forward? What's the anchor that you're pulling? What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Bring it to God. Why? He already knows about it. He already knows about it. Here's the thing. We can carry it in shame and we can live in regret and we can try to hide it, but we're keeping it from God who's the one who helps us. And we're eliminating God's help from our lives when we say, no, no, no. Hey, you can help me in all this other stuff. I got this. This is my bag. There's a little bit of pride root in that too, by the way. And so you're going at life alone and you're on your own and that stinks. That stinks. And the Bible says, again, apart from God, you can do nothing, right? So stop carrying it. Stop carrying it. Stop carrying it. Stop covering it up. Stop readjusting. Man, this bag's heavy. Stop going back to it. Stop dwelling on it. Stop bringing it with you. That's so easy for me to say on a Sunday morning. It's so easy to say. Bring it to God. With God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with God. Meaning this, you can think of the absolute worst situation and the absolute worst scenario, and God has overcome worse than that. The Bible says he's overcome the world. You're in that, and he in you means you overcome too. When you walk with God, you overcome too. So then you know there's this old hymn that we used to sing in the Baptist churches. It's Come Thou Fount. Come Thou Fount of every blessing. You guys know what I'm talking about? If you don't, you might be lucky, you might be not, okay? And so there's a verse in this song that every time we sang it, I got sidetracked. I got sidetracked. And it's just, Here I raise my Ebenezer is what happens in this song. Ebenezer. I can't tell you how many times we get to that, and I'm, I'm trying. I'm making an effort to dig in and be with God, open-handed, open-heart, receive. And I'm like, here I give my Ebenezer. Take a step back in that moment. I'm like, hmm, all I see is grumpy old Ebenezer Scrooge's face when we say that. And then I think to myself, what is an Ebenezer? Right? Why am I raising one? Why am I raising an Ebenezer? I don't really think I have one to raise. Do I? I'm not sure. Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to have one? Would I recognize it if I saw it? Would I recognize the Ebenezer if I saw it? All that going through my head with the picture of grumpy old Ebenezer Scrooge, right? And the reality is this hymn is referring to a story from the Old Testament to one of the times where Israel was about to be massively destructed uh, and, and destroyed by a powerful army, and God intervened. God intervened. And the prophet Samuel takes a stone in that moment, and he sets it between two places, and he names the stone Ebenezer. And he says, thus, <laughs> thus far, the Lord has helped us. And the point being in that, that every time an Israelite passed through that way again, they would see the stone, and they would remember God's faithfulness. They would remember what God had done. They would remember how good he was to them, and they would remember the second chance that he gave them. And that is the root of Ebenezer, his second chance. That's why Ebenezer, at the end, changes. He gets another chance. God gave you another chance with Jesus. Have you ever wanted a second chance? Not just with God or spiritually, but in life. Have you ever wanted a second chance? Have you ever gave somebody a second chance? Yeah. what it cost? What's it cost? Not much, right? Shelf a little bit of pride. Forgiveness. Again, there's so many different ways to give second chances, but you know. But you know. Your second chance cost the life of Jesus. That's what your second chance cost. And so I want to go back to Hebrews 12, 3, 
right before we get into our action steps. Hebrews 12, 3 challenges us to remember, right? Verse 3 says, look back, think on, and think of all the stuff you went through, and then think what Jesus did for you. Think what Jesus did for you, right? And it does your heart good to remember. There's a quote that I love. It says, your memory is your motivation. When I start feeling down, when I'm discouraged, when, I'm, when I am just ready to rip the world apart, I go back and remember what Jesus did for me. I go back. Or I can lean into my Instagram feed or my TikTok or whatever, whatever everybody's doing, right? Here's why. Memory pulls you out of the patterns and your thought processes that you're in right now. It helps us get the focus off of us, and it shifts our focus and attention to God. Our memory reminds us of the goodness of God. That's what it does. And it reminds us of the goodness of God in our past. That's that's why God gave you a memory. At least that's what I say at funerals, okay? It allows us to appreciate his goodness. Your memory allows you to appreciate God's goodness and remember what he has done for you. Remember, so here are your action steps. If you're taking notes, I separated these this week because there are six. Remember, your past is not my past. What I overcame was with Jesus, and it's very different from what you guys are all carrying. And so then, here is the the broad look at the things you can do. Number one, identify what you bring into your todays from your yesterday. What are the parts, what are the pains, what are the patterns of your past that you need to acknowledge and give to God. What are they? Identify what they are. Hebrews 12.1, we opened up with it. What is hindering you and entangling you? What is keeping you? What is keeping you? What's in the bag? My bag's super light today, by the way. I'm having some back pain this morning. That's a true story. Second action step, face your past. Face it. Turn around. Just turn around. You can do it all by yourself. Turn around. Face your past your pains, your faults, your patterns. This takes time, by the way. It's a process. What my prayer for you is this. The last three weeks, you wouldn't just take them as one thing. These are things that you can sit on, soak in, meditate, reflect, think on, dig into for the next few weeks as we close out 2022. Isaiah 43, 18, in facing your past, do not dwell on it. It's over. God does something new every day. God does something new every day. So then, Today isn't finished. Tomorrow's yet to come. Third thing, take ownership. Take ownership and responsibility. Even though you inherited it, even though somebody else gave it to you, even though you created it, take some ownership and responsibility. That's discipline in our house. The first thing we're going to say, hey, whoa, whoa, before you start playing the blame game, okay, or creating excuses, just take some ownership. Just take some ownership and we'll all get better. Uh, John 1.9 says, 1 John 1.9 says, confess it all. Say you're sorry. Confess it all. Confess it to God, bring it to God. And God will, God will forgive you and God will cleanse your heart. It says God will purify you. Fourth thing, give it to him. Give it to him. Now that you've took ownership and you've said you're sorry, now, now let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I could say let it go for the next 17 minutes and it wouldn't be enough. Let it go. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting the whole of your care, the whole part, cast all of your care, the whole of who you are. Cast the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns. Cast all of them on him once and for all. For he cares for you with deep affection and watches over you completely with care. Number five, last one. 
Last one and I will close. Fix your focus. That's Hebrews 12 too, right? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. He's the guy. So then let's look there. Let's look there first, okay? When you focus on the right person instead of the wrong thing, it becomes a little bit easier to walk out Hebrews 12, one through three. So then it's not as difficult to throw off everything that hinders you or to stop the sin that so easily entangles you. It takes reps. It takes reps. It takes consistency. But the more intentionally you focus on Jesus, the more you will walk in truth, right? The better you are able to run with perseverance the race that God set before you. Why? Because you've been consistent. Because why? You let it go. You let it go. So then we all have different pasts. We all have different patterns. We all have different hurts. We all have different hang-ups. We all have different hang-ups. Beating what, be, what is behind you or overcoming your past is an everyday thing. That's why, so we have the approach of it's easier to raise a child than to fix an adult, right? Because if I, now listen, there's going to be stuff my kids don't like about me. And there's, I'm sure there are hurts being, I'm sure they're there. I'm sure there's something because I'm not perfect. I'm a human being. But it's way easier to start this early than it is to go back at 42 or 52 or 62 or whatever, right? And so this is not a one-week deal. For me, for me, what I just took you through and that idea, that was just over two years of every single day. Just over two years. That's for me. I was, I was not a pastor at the time, but I was in ministry, okay? That's just over two years, battling every week and believing every day. Believing every day. And it's still a part of my daily routine today. It's not a stick. It doesn't take as long. Why? I believe. Because I, I sipped on milk, right? I went back to the beginning. I sipped on milk. And through repetition, I grew. So now I can have steak. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to close with this. Life is lived forward. Period. Life is lived forward. There's no slow motion, right? There's no rewind. We can rewind in our head, but God does not rewind. And so then the only way, the, the sad part, the, the, the just cruddy part about life being lived forward is the only way that we can understand it is, is when we play it backward, right? It's better understood backward, but when it comes time for you to run the tape back, you don't have the remote. God does. Reality is, and rewind, and replay happens in heaven. And so then you have to rip the rearview mirror out of your mind. Leave it so you can live forward because today hasn't finished yet. Well, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. That's why we walk by faith, not by sight. It's what you believe, not what you know. It's what you believe, not what you know, right? And so then the promise you have in living forward, instead of rewind, is found in Romans 2.7. I know I gave you a lot of scripture today. I'm, just, I'm still going to give you one more. Those who persistently do good, seek God and honor him, will be given eternal life. Live forward this way. Hebrews 12, one's the root. Here's the simple way of saying this, regardless of where you are in your faith, or your maturity in Christ. Matthew chapter six gives us an example of how to live forward and to not let our past, what's behind us, dictate our future. Here's what it says. God says, as our father, he provides three things. Provision for today. Provision for today. It says, give us our day, give us this day our daily bread. Provision for today. It's what you have with God. The second thing he gives you is pardon from your yesterday. It's what we're talking about today. Pardon from your yesterday. Forgive us our debts. 
Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses. And help us to forgive those, because if you can't forgive, it's going to be hard to be forgiven. And number three, protection for tomorrow. Protection for tomorrow. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Protection for tomorrow. God says, I have all the bases covered here. I have all the bases covered. Your regret in the past, your fear of the future, and your uncertainty of right now, he's got all that. Your past, you blew it. We all did. We all did. It's forgiven if you ask. Your present, he says, I am your hope. I am your hope, and I will provide. Your future, God is your deliverer. God is your deliverer, so then don't worry or fear. God promises I'll take care of yesterday's failures, today's frustrations, and tomorrow's fears because I love you. Because I love you. So then we can forget our past because we've been forgiven. And we can beat what's behind us because we believe. And we can overcome our past because Jesus overcame the world. And we can live forward because Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, strip off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just like that. I wasn't expecting that. Strip off every uncertain, unnecessary weight and all the sin that which so easily entangles you, cleverly entangles you. Run with endurance. I can now run. I feel lighter. I will be faster right now. Why? I took the bag off. Just take the bag off. Just take the bag off. And as you leave, remember Hebrews 12, it says this. If it weren't for your past, Jesus wouldn't have had a purpose. Take the bag off. <laughs> the only reason God gave his life, God gave his son's life, Jesus gave his life, is to erase your past. It erases it. So that you can be restored. And he calls you holy, blameless, righteous, clean, purified, justified, sanctified, chosen, called, gifted. I could keep going. And he says, I see you just like this. Holy. 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 You can leave the backpack. I'll never forget the day that I took this off for real. It's the second floor of a maintenance warehouse. I was in my quiet time with God and I realized the stuff I'm carrying is stupid. It has no bearing on who I am, what I'm doing, or why I'm here. Why am I carrying this bag? And why am I so mean? And why am I a bulldozer? Why am I, why am I this way? God, I give all this to you. I do this every day. I do this every single day. God, I give you that. Not sure how that's going to go. I give it to you. I'm not going to carry that. Why? Cast all your cares on him. He's faithful to carry. He'll walk with you. I'm not, God, I give you that person. I'm so sick of that person. You, they're yours. I'm done with that person, right? I'm so sick of this problem. I'm so sick of this bill. Instead of sitting and sulking and complaining, God just says, give it to me. Would you just give it to me so you can run with endurance the race that I set before you? Just give it to me. I'll never forget the day I took that bag off. I'll never carry it again. I don't want you to carry it either. I really don't. You have to set it down. It's a process. It took me over two years, okay? It's a process. Please don't take today as a one-time, like, oh, well, he's just... 
I'm not. I'm just like you. I have to work through things just like you. Just set the bag down. Everybody say amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.